something outside. What is that? Uh, which is 
set to close this week. So I've been traveling around and um, in, in one particular area, absolute abundance of wildlife. I get, you know, I've been setting up trail cameras and getting coyotes and deer and stuff. Uh, and it's a pretty, pretty remote little area. I mean, obviously I can get my travel trailer in there and, and whatnot, so it's not super uh, remote, but it's it's pretty remote little area. And um, what I like to do when I'm in a sit, you know, I'm not tent camping or or just uh, a sleeping bag camping, you know, uh, when I'm a travel trailer, one of the things I like to do is actually um, have my trail cam trail cameras on my unit on my on my camper. Um, I do sometimes spread them out, but I like to have them on the camper so that it looks like it's a part of the vehicle. Um, that makes you know, sense, yeah. Yeah, just make it like it's part of the vehicle. So it's it, the only thing that really is out of place is the vehicle there and not something on a tree. It's just a little experiment I've been working with. And, well, uh, you know, after getting deer and coyotes, stuff, I, I got possibly, well, I got something that looks bipedal. It's very close to, as you know, I, you've seen Gunner, very close to the uh, the camera. Okay, so mm-hmm. you, see, you see this, you see a figure. Uh, it's really bright because of the flash. And it's an older, this particular camera I was using was a wild game innovation. It's an older camera. Um, but where it was, you know, it seemed bipedal. You can almost make out, well, you get this, what caught my eye, and I think caught the eye of the few I've shared it with, is, is this, what looks to be like an arm that swings out. And it's very short frames. We're talking like half a day. It's just, it walks in and out of the camera view. Something triggered the camera before uh, this individual was caught or this thing was caught on the camera. So the camera was running and then this thing walks across um, the front very close, which was obviously close to my trailer. Um, I don't think it's a person, um, but I can't rule that out. I just, given the location and the fact that I can't see uh, any clothes or make out any folds in clothing, uh, right. it looks to be fairly big. So I got my suspicions on it, you know, and, and but it, I'm not saying it's a Sasquatch or anything. I am in a very good area. And I'll tell you that with a lot of history, but I can't claim that it is that. It's just it's interesting, and I'm trying to do some recreation, and I'm still in this area, and I plan on on doing more recording, and whatnot. But it's interesting, uh, and uh, and whatnot. So where I go from there, I'm not well, sure. I, uh, it's it's an interesting file right now. And and I I've looked at it I don't know <laughs> a bunch of times now, and I've slowed it down, and and it, it's. Like you said, it's not obviously not conclusive that you don't see a full um, image of whatever it was that walked by. But playing it back and forth, you know, it looks to me bipedal because you you see like leg separation. I'm, you know, going mm-hmm. through the mental checklist of of known animals, and I like it's not you know it's not that it's not a deer, it's not it's it's not an elk, it's not a bear, you know, mm-hmm. it's. So what, whatever it was, and, and there was a little bit of, like, to me, I was like, all evidence requires context, sir, or uh, Summer had heard something um, yeah. that alerted you, right? I mean, so there was a little bit more to it than just the picture. Right, right. My, yeah. my wife had, it was, this was at a little bit after one thirty in the morning. My wife had said, hey, there's something outside, and sure enough, I heard something, and we had a cooler outside, and it sounded like something was messing with the cooler or it bumped it. And I had peered out, and it was, I couldn't see anything. And I said, well, don't worry about it. I got cameras out there. So um, if anything, well, I didn't have a camera by the cooler, but I figured if something was out there, you know, there or whatnot, we'd get on camera. And uh, whatever walked in front of this camera, which I didn't have by the cooler, tr- possibly had triggered another camera but wasn't caught on it because it was in the same time frame within like 30 seconds, maybe a minute 
something had triggered one camera, but it actually got caught on the second one after it had been triggered as well. So it's it's odd, you know. I'm still looking into it. It's only uh, about a week old, so uh, yeah, I've been super busy, but uh, I'm you know still looking. I mean, it's not going to prove anything, obviously, but it's just interesting. And if it if it's of interest, it means I'm in an interesting area, uh, and maybe to look closer at it. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, I, again, it, if if you see it, it's it's not conclusive. Obviously, you don't see a full. You see a, something walking by. The whole thing, what, lasts maybe a second, you know, second and a half, yeah. something goes by. The, yeah, so, I mean, and it's like, that's what you would expect on a, you know, trail cam. Usually things are not, uh, well, deer will come and sniff t- trail cams and and uh, uh, right. to be a good full frame thing. But whatever it was, was um, it, it, it caught my interest, and I'm like, wow, that's, you know. Um, well, it, it brought that, something to life to me. Yeah, brought one thing to light to me is that how how quickly you could have a really top-notch cell camera or a really junky one, um, but how quickly someone could trigger it and not be caught on a camera, you know. And and uh, the only reason this thing was caught on one of the cameras was because something or it, you know, it or something else had triggered the camera to begin with, and it just followed or walked by it. Otherwise, the pace of it never would have been caught. I I tried to recreate myself and. Um, I could trigger the camera or cameras and not be caught on it if I was close, you know. Further away, you got mm. a bigger angle, so your sensor are being caught. But this one right by the camera. So right next – I had this on the bumper of my, my travel trailer. So we're talking inches away, basically, from this camera. So Yeah. Well, I like your idea of, like, um, integrating it in with your travel trailer because, like you say, there's always question about um, – putting trail cams on trees and, and how much, you know, um, the, the squatch would, would notice something like that, you know, how, um, but, but integrating it yeah. were yeah. with the other unnatural thing that's there. And if they're curious about, um, you and your, what's your, uh, travel trailer, what you guys are doing, um, I don't think I, I'm I'm of the opinion they don't look at a camera, know that it's a camera. But if you had something on a tree that looked out of place, that they they may recognize that as you know something that doesn't belong yeah. there. So right, you know we we uh, we recently had some trail cameras out in the area and and uh, well bears took notice to it and they they ate the cameras. There's about three of them in their That's toast. right. So things things do know well, that happened. Cameras. Yeah. That happened up at in uh, Vancouver when we were on uh, Operation Sea Monkey. That a, a yeah. bear ate, ate the straps of the camera and and took the camera down. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was exactly. so. I mean, there's something about them that animals have an awareness of, and they, it may have been that they smelled like people, you know, because we had yeah. attached them to to the tree. But um, yeah. yeah, again, this I. The your trail cam um, video is again interesting, and I'm hope you know it's cool when you get up in that area and get settled. That um, I've always said that if you had some you know spare time to to be out in the woods, it, I think you you may just because you're very patient and, and methodical about uh, your approach to to research, and I think it's it's cool that that you're up in that area now. Um, and uh, who knows what 
you know, what, what you make him up with. So keep up the good work. And like I said, with the, I, I, it, it was really interesting to me. Um, the other thing that's come out this, this last week was uh, a series of, of impressions in the snow that uh, we posted on in the Facebook group. And uh, Paul Graves, who's been a Bigfooter for a long time up there in Washington, uh, spent, I think, three days investigating him. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, it, again, interesting, you know. Uh, I always hope that if uh, something like that, that, that there'd be a witness seeing a Bigfoot do it, because that adds uh, another layer of, of uh, uh, evidence, I guess, is you mm-hmm. know, having an eyewitness see what made the, these impressions in the snow, but they look really interesting. So I haven't had, not had an opportunity yet to, to talk to Paul about it, but uh, he I said he went up there and, and um, this is this trackway went for quite a distance and he followed it and he even uh, apparently crossed a road and um, so yeah. early a little too early to you know to draw any kind of uh, definite conclusion uh, I know that he took some um, um, casts because I saw him on on the video doing that so. Be interested yeah, to see yeah. what that those how those come out and and uh, more on that story. So, right, and to add to that, uh, there's also I I know someone had posted another set of tracks from Washington as well somewhere up here. I want to look into a little more, but they looked across the road and they looked really good. But you know, um, I, I just I, saw I, that recently today too. Yeah, yeah, and they looked they looked really good, and they did look like. Uh, tracks uh, and and they, it looked interesting. So it's something else I'm going to be looking at. And I know there was another find back east somewhere that I need to look into. Uh, that was another track find again in the snow. So uh, was that North time Dakota? Of year where, yeah, I believe so. No, no, no I'm sorry, okay. not that one. Uh, there is the North Dakota one, uh, but there's also another uh, hmm, track okay. find back east somewhere. So, but yeah, yeah. Few uh, few interesting interesting things have notes to look into. Yes. Well, let's get uh, our guest today is Collier Wil- Wilms. I'm sorry, Collier, if I'm pronouncing your last name incorrectly. Um, but he is a up and coming filmmaker with a a Bigfoot movie that is is set to be released um, this year in October. I know that he's been working on it for quite a a long time. And uh, he is also a uh, special effects artist. So uh, let's get Collier on the line. Good afternoon, Hello. Collier. How are you? Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm doing good. And uh, good. it's okay about the last name. It's actually Wilmus. Wilmus, thank you. So I get my I get both my first and last name butchered all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, trouble about having a name. Yes, if it was Joe Smith, so I'm. Yeah. But uh, so tell us a little bit about for the the folks that aren't familiar with you. Um, give us a little bit of background about Collier. Well, I am a uh, like you said, I am a aspiring filmmaker and a special effects artist. Um. 
are in particular with the Bigfoot phenomenon, I've always had an interest and a uh, fascination with it. Um, I always remembered uh, uh, watching the Bigfoot documentaries when I was a kid and uh, always being fascinated. I remember one person actually told me that uh, they threatened to leave me out in the Bigfoot and in the woods for Bigfoot to come and get me. So I guess that fed into the fascination too. And then when it got to when I started having an interest in filmmaking, I always had in the back of my head to make a Bigfoot movie. And uh, over the past couple of years, I've been trying to get some movies off the ground and. So far, the only one that had really any traction was the Sasquatch, Boss of the Forest. So that led me to where I am now, where we're in post-production right now on Sasquatch. So it's getting pretty close to being wrapped up. Really well, cool. close. You're, when are, you're, you're looking at, I think, uh, October uh, release date, am I correct? Yeah, I'm looking at October 20th, which should be a special day for Bigfooting in general. Yeah, that that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. October 23rd. For the, October well, 23rd. It's like a very day. special piece of film was shot on that day. Right. For folks that are not familiar, because not every that is the will be the 50th anniversary uh the film of filming of the Patterson Gimlin film in Bluff Creek. Yeah. Bob, that would be a nice little tribute to Roger and uh, Bob to release our little short film on that day. A good idea. Sounds like a great date. Yes, perfect date. Uh, the only the only thing I would say to that is uh, even bigger date is October 23rd, uh, which is my birthday. So if you want to just postpone it a few days, uh, you can release it on my birthday. <laughs> okay, maybe. I'll think about it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but uh, No, it's... Uh, the uh, how do you come up with uh, the name Boss of the Woods? I mean, um, was that right away going into making this movie? Was that uh, you just knew the name right away? I mean, did you do a little bit of research? I mean, why Boss of the Woods? Well, I chose Boss of the Forest because, uh, well, like I said, I've always had a fascination. So I remember always hearing in uh, every, almost every Bigfoot documentary there would inevitably be they would have to delve into the Native American origins for the uh, or not origins so to say uh, the Native American side of the uh, phenomenon and they would always talk about it being the boss of the mountains or the boss of the forest and I just thought that it was a very impactful title um, for the creature itself so uh, I just felt like it, it was synonymous with Sasquatch in general so mm-hmm. originally, the original title was actually meant to be a Oma Boss of the Forest um, until I had somebody come to me and say, um, I would change that if I were you because it's, Oma is uh, actually not really a word for Bigfoot. It is a, it was a misconception that somebody made. And, it's, uh, and I contacted some people on the Hoopa Reservation and asked them. They said, no, that's not really a word. So then I had to <laughs> switch to the more iconic name, uh, uh, Sasquatch. So that's where the whole uh, origin of the title, at least, came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there there are a few other movies out there, obviously, uh, and whatnot. You have Stukum, and so you got these names. So you own... 
that name, Boss of the Forest. So kudos to you, and it's a great name. <laughs> uh, truly, yeah. Sasquatch, you know, uh, it would be uh, the boss of the forest. I mean, it would. Yeah. So once again, great name, but you know. So you, you, uh, how much research? Mm-hmm. How much research, uh, Hollywood? Did did you do going into this film? I mean, you had an interest. Uh, you know, and, and obviously you sought out, you know, different names and whatnot and been directed a little bit in, to, to, to certain contexts. But how much research in, in, did you do going into this, this film on the subject of Sasquatch? Uh, you know, did it, I mean, were, how long in advance were you planning on doing a film like this? Well, uh, I've been wanting to get this film made for about, I want to say, about 60 years now. Um. And most of that was just uh, throughout my high school. I was want, toying with the idea of making this little Bigfoot movie. And uh, it just never got off the ground because I, I am naturally a, a big perfectionist. So most of it was delayed because of the costuming issues. Till eventually about two years ago, uh, had some uh, events happen in my life that I just thought, well, you know what, I might as well just get over it and just make the movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as far as the research goes, uh, it almost didn't really, I didn't have to do much research. Cause like I said, I've always been fascinated and watched all sorts of documentaries, read some books on it that, uh, when it came to actual time to make the movie, uh, it, it, most of it came as sort of second nature, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, as far as uh, but as far as the creature looked, um, that's where the real research went for me. Uh, it was uh, very fascinating. It actually led to a second uh, th- film I'm producing, which uh, could have the potential of spawning a, maybe a future series. Uh, who knows? Of a, uh, a short, short little documentaries where I talk to a witness who has witnessed something in the aspects of uh, Bigfoot or any other cryptids and uh, it was just so interesting listening to these people describe this thing that they saw that uh, they're just trying to rationalize how this could exist yeah it's uh, I mean I've, I've done um, an absolute ton of, of eyewitness interviews and stuff like that and it is uh, it's pretty amazing when you sit down uh, you know, and talk to someone, or here by the reason we do Monsters Radio uh, is I love hearing about encounters and, and from you know, from those that were actually had had an encounter. Um, with your uh, with your, your, your uh, boss of the forest, uh, did you you know, speaking of research, did you uh, reach out to anybody in particular uh, of notes in the Bigfoot world, or did you just kind of write this thing solo uh, with your own knowledge and, and research. And was there anybody you reached out to to, to uh, try and get some ideas or yeah. some guidance? Yeah. I, I know uh, at one point I reached out to Jeff Meldrum, but I know I didn't get a response. Uh, mm-hmm. I've talked to some people in the Bigfoot world and community, like Julie Wrench and uh, uh, one of my friends, Bobby. Uh, Bobby, I think it's Reach. Uh, I'm sorry, Bobby, if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. your last name wrong. <laughs> If he's listening, uh, but as far as that, uh, I, it was sort of a balancing act, really. Uh, 
originally I wanted to be uh, going to this be like, oh, I'm going to make the most accurate Bigfoot movie ever. It's going to uh, be praised as uh, being very accurate to the Bigfoot phenomenon, but I slowly learned over uh, the course of the production that it's a, more of a balancing act between, well, should I be faithful to the phenomenon? And it just doesn't come off as entertaining, or do I just um, stay faithful and it would just seem very boring? Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's probably one of the toughest things to deal with when making, whether it's a documentary <laughs> or a film, yeah. is the fact that you you got these set of principles and got you got this thing in your head, but then at the same time you're like, well, how is that going to be portrayed on film? Is it going to be yeah. interesting? Is anybody going to want to watch it? Yeah, it's got to be one of the most, I would imagine, one of the most difficult uh, things to do. Am I correct? Yeah, I'd say more so with uh, fictional film rather than a documentary. A documentary, of course, you still have to be entertaining, but uh, you also have right. to try to display the story in a different way that you would as a narrative film. Because uh, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, things don't translate as well to a narrative film that would probably translate better to a documentary. Like uh, right. like how I did take some liberties with uh, what our Sasquatch was capable of. Like he uh, he could do more advanced uh, forms of uh, territorial markers. Hmm. And uh, so uh, but there were some liberties we had to take. But uh, Well, that's interesting, though, because so it sounds like I mean, how how does this film, it sounds like it differs a little bit than some of the films I've seen put out there. And there's some good ones. I mean, there's quite a few I, I like. Um, and then there's some absolute uh, disasters. <laughs> I mean, just horrible. But Whether or not in, in, this will be a great uh, short film or a disaster, time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'll, I'm sure I'll enjoy it regardless, because I do enjoy watching them for the most part. <laughs> I'm, from what I, I, I've uh, seen so far, and, and talking to you, uh, I'm enthused and excited. And I, I tend to, right now I'm leaning towards, it's going to be pretty good. I think uh, one, you just mentioned like the territorial markers in this film. So that's interesting to me. Uh, is there other elements um, that you'd like to share that you've added into the film that, you know, that we assume, or at least the public, some of the public assumes that Sasquatch does or is capable of? I mean, what other things do you work in there to, to add a, a little bit of realism to it? Well, um, one thing I will put out there, at least for the short film, because uh, originally I wanted to make this feature film, but ended up uh, mm-hmm. after the uh, crowdfund, how the crowdfunding went, I had to face the fact that I couldn't pull it off quite yet, although I still have plans to do a feature film in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the short film, uh, I had to sort of... I guess uh, take out some of the stuff that was originally planned, but uh, one thing that I wanted to get across with the the Sasquatch in particular is one, he will not kill unless he's absolutely cornered, and the, that doesn't even happen in our short film. Um, but um, he is uh, quite intelligent and uh, has a the capability to problem problem solve and sort of fools our uh, main human characters at some point. Mm-hmm. 
so how does that tie in with what what you think uh, that that Sasquatch Bigfoot is like in uh, reality? I mean, what I mean, we we talk about how you know how intelligent are they is one of the big questions. Some of the the things that people have uh, experienced and their ability to evade man. Um, uh, to me, indicates that they're you know smarter than than uh, your average forest animal. Yeah. So how does what your um, how, how does your storyline like that he's able to you know kind of uh, be one step ahead of his human counterparts in your movie? How does that tie in with what you think how they really are? In reality, I don't. I'm not quite sure if there's because. Uh, um, I'll put it out there. I'm more, uh, I, I prefer to stay down the middle of the road. I, um, I'm very open to the, uh, possibilities of a Sasquatch and I want there to be a Sasquatch out there, but, uh, I want to just stay in the middle of the road because I feel like it opens the mind to sort of more possibilities, uh, while I lean head, heavily towards that there could be something out there, there has to be something in some form of, or other out there. But I don't think it would probably be as intelligent as Creature in our film. Um, a lot, but it would definitely be very intelligent. And if uh, I had to put my money on what it would be, it would probably be in the hominid uh, tree line rather than an ape. But... Who knows? Maybe when we do find one, uh, I'll be proven wrong. How's that working to making the costume? Uh, you know, you, you know, I, I I've talked to other uh, directors um, and whatnot when it comes to these these sort of uh, films and, and short films and whatnot, and they always say, you know, the the, the costume, the Bigfoot is probably the uh, one one of the most costly things and one of the most difficult things to decide on. Did you have that same sort of uh, same sort of setup. I mean, was it? Did you find it to be costly? Uh, I mean, did you find it to be difficult trying to get it to the way you wanted it to be? Yeah. Oh, that was the biggest compromise of the short film because uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't quite have the wasn't able to get the resources that I needed to make the costume the way I envisioned it um, at the moment, at least. Uh, so I had to sort of that's the thing about filmmaking. You have to end up compromising sometimes and uh, just uh, keep trying to move forward to get to the next step, even if it's not quite up to your expectations. Uh, Like uh, what we ended up having to do was uh, I had to buy a very cheap Chewbacca costume off the internet Mm -hmm. to make the bulk of the suit, which, uh, Sucked because it ended up not real. I couldn't get the hair dyed enough to match the head, so um, we're having to fix that in post. So the golden uh, thing that makes me cringe is fix it in post. Um, so, uh, yeah, the costume was a. Uh, sorry, I got a little off track. Uh, what was the question again? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, you're fine. Uh, you pretty much answered. I was just, I, I figured you. I pretty much. You, you pretty much said what I figured you were going to say. That you know, <laughs> the, the costume is because really, 
you know, that the figure is, is Sasquatch, you know, that's going to be kind of like the, the center of the film in a lot of ways, you know, and, and whether you show a little bit or a lot, you're going to yeah. you have certain expectations. And, uh, you know, obviously you don't have a, uh, a blank check sitting in front of you uh, going, okay, I can, you know, I can, I got time and money, uh, you know, which usually are the two biggest constraints you have when going into a film. I mean, I find the same thing when it comes to Sasquatch research. I don't have a black check, so I have to compromise on certain things uh, to make it function and, and get somewhere. So I, uh, I feel you, and, but uh, hopefully down the road um, you will get a little bit more funding and uh, people enjoy your short story, and then and hopefully it'll evolve from there that maybe you'll be able to get in, in and do, uh, you know, this, this, you know, a second film or a series like you were talking about. Yeah, there's uh, definitely more future. That I thought that uh, at least after I was done with the short film, I would be done with that watch for at least a while. But as I was heading forward with Post, uh, I started getting more ideas with uh, possibilities for uh redoing the uh, feature film at least so uh, there is going to be a uh, script for a feature film done soon and uh, there might uh, I'm, uh, I'm, the plan is there's going to be at least a couple more shorts after Sasquatch before there's a fe- uh, feature film out there mm-hmm. you got any well, as um, far as go ahead, go ahead Shane the tr- the terrain. I was going to ask him about the terrain, though, uh, in in this mm-hmm. film. What what do, can people expect, and what were you working with? Uh, I mean, were you, you know, were you getting out in the you know the forest in the woods filming? I mean, what what, what does one have to expect? Well, we shot in uh, like pretty much almost all sort all over the state of Iowa here. Uh, part of this film was shot actually in the doctor's backyard. Because um, he had a nice patch of forest in his backyard that we had quick access to, and uh, part of it was shot in Winterset because um, they have a beautiful uh, forested area that I didn't actually find until after the bulk of the shooting was wrapped up. And then we shot at a cabin that was in here, my whole hometown, which is where the climax of the short film takes place in and sort of pays homage to uh, Ape Canyon in a way. Gotcha. Uh, what about in, did you, have you ever been to a, say a Bigfoot uh, conference or you ever been on an expedition? Uh, have you ever, you, you ever gone any of those routes before? Um, a Bigfoot conference? No, I have not. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I have not been able to go to a Bigfoot conference uh, as of now. I would love to, uh, just to be around uh, people that are, interested in this uh, sort of phenomenon and uh, just like to hear their sort of theories on uh, the Bigfooting world and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've uh, maybe done one or two uh, Bigfoot expeditions, haven't really turned up much, but I would oh, uh, love to go yeah. on another one. Yeah, but so but you have been on, so that I, I was curious, you know, um, uh, is, you know, maybe a, a form of inspiration possibly would be, you know, going on an expedition or to a conference. You know, conferences, and you get to interact with um, believers and non-believers and knowers and everything else, and that's cool. But, you know, expeditions, if you get on some of the right ones or not even expeditions, camping, whatever, uh, you know, in an area of interest, um, you know, I would imagine I'd be kind of a, a little bit of an inspiration um, for, you know, for 
those that write books and do films and stuff, you know, I, I've talked to a few, and that's something they do uh, to get a little bit of inspiration and some ideas. I was just curious if that was something you have done and if you had taken anything back from those trips that you developed into the movie. Well, some of it has, but, uh, again, it goes, all draws back to uh, the balancing act on uh, what to take from uh, real life and what to just uh, use for the fantasy of the film. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what about what about uh, you know obviously financing is a challenge. <clears throat> it's always probably going to be a challenge. What were some of the other challenges that you experienced in, in the making of of your your short film? Definitely the shoot in general. Uh, it was uh, while it was a fun shoot, it was also sometimes grueling at times, uh, and grueling in a different way than most shoots. Because uh, when you hear grueling, you think oh it's the long hours and stuff. It was more grueling in the fact that uh, we didn't have quite the time because when you're sh- shooting a movie, you're so, uh, at least an indie production like this, you sort of have to balance everybody's schedules. And like we had a, one actress that come in from LA, so we had to really get all her stuff wrapped up. Um, and sometimes her schedule wouldn't work with some of the other actors' schedules, so we had to try to find a, a way to shoot the scene so so that we could uh, get the story across and uh, so uh, definitely the biggest challenge was how to shoot the suit in general Mm -hmm. because like I said I couldn't make it the way I wanted to so we had a and it was a cheaper uh, off the shelf suit Um, so uh, times were uh, just it looked like it was falling apart so we had to (laughs) shoot it uh, in Anyways, and uh, there's actually a blooper out there uh, that I might put together a blooper reel as a little bit of a teaser or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. where uh, I was it was in the final scene, uh, and since I was the guy in the Bigfoot suit, I was coming into the cabin, and uh, the cabin had, I guess, a part of it that was splintering off, and it just caught the fur in the suit, and you just see me rip a chunk of wood out of the <laughs> cabin door. <laughs> Uh, I'll need to I'll need to check that out. <laughs> luckily, uh, luckily, um, nobody ever the people who own the cabin never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll keep that we'll keep that a secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Monster mm-hmm. Rich listeners, please don't share that, but you know, on social media. Please don't tell them. <laughs> don't tell my mom. <laughs> don't, don't tell Collier's. I don't want to be grounded. <laughs> so, Collier, have have you had any personal Bigfoot experiences? Heard anything weird? Seen anything? Smelt anything? Um, I won't say I have. Uh, I remember I heard something uh, while out on my own little Bigfoot thing with my uncle uh, a while ago, but I won't say it's a Bigfoot because for me, uh, I don't. For me to say it would be Bigfoot, uh, I feel like it would be uh, jumping to conclusions way too quick. I would. The only way you can get me to say I've seen a or had any Bigfoot experiences is by seeing one right in front of me. No, that makes. I mean, that's kind of my approach. I've heard a lot of and recorded a lot of weird audio stuff um, that we, you know, we actually look in like Sonic Visualizer, but 
but uh, and it it doesn't look like any known animal kind of audio. But until I see a big vocalizing, I'm not going to say, "Hey, we got Bigfoot vocalizations on," you know, that we right. recorded. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, an audio is one of the most open to interpretation. You know, we don't know all the animal right. sounds that every animal possibly makes. So exactly, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that. Uh, I, I think that's just the best attitude to have in Bigfooting in general mm-hmm. because we can, uh, I get like, even though I'm not a, I don't uh, classify, classify myself as an actual researcher, I still get some people come to me uh, over Facebook and put, uh, private message me with uh, Bigfoot pictures or like on my last live stream, live stream uh, last Sunday, mm-hmm. they would ask me what are my thoughts on a Bigfoot uh of like the oh do you think Bigfoot's an interdimensional creature or uh, oh what do you think of this uh, picture? Um, I think it's just better to have the uh, be of the opinion of uh, unless you see something like an ultra HD uh, picture, which even at that that's still hard to say that yeah. it's concrete evidence until we get an actual body on the table. And even then, we'll probably have to have two. Right. I mean, it's true, though. No, that's a great attitude to have. Uh, you know, I, I, I myself did have an encounter. And for me, I'm on a different uh, playing field, so to speak, or my attitude's a little bit different. But having said that, you know, uh, I still am very skeptical about just about everything out there, uh, as I think one should. I think it's a great approach. Um, yeah. On, on, also, on I'd say so. being open to other people's interpretations, because mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen plenty of Bigfooters completely shut down to other um, theories, whether crazy or legitimate. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I I can agree with that. I'm definitely open to some theories. I what I tend to do though is is uh, look at what's known and, and start from there. I, I'm trying to tease myself too much with other things, just trying to go with what is known. And I'm not talking about anything known from Sasquatch. There's like little known, if anything's known, but just know nature and stuff like that and take that approach and, and work from there and then where it leads you, uh, you know, is anybody's guess at this point. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Has, has, uh, so you kind of had that, that little, you know, this, this sort of audio vocal thing go on, but, did anybody um, that you know personally, does anybody you know personally that's had an encounter or an experience that uh, you found interesting? Um, not personally. Uh, I've, uh, for, I've been fortunate enough to, over the course of the production, come into contact, though, with people that have um, told me their uh, encounters. Like, uh, like again, my friend uh, Bobby, who was actually the subject matter of that other film that I said, earlier that I'm working on alongside Sasquatch Boss of the Forest that uh, I talked to him about his encounter which I just found a very uh, fascinating encounter um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's been on the show before but he talked about to me about an encounter where he actually saw part of the face okay. and, of the creature as uh, he was in the back of a pickup and it was sort. Of, he described it as if uh, time just all of a sudden went in slow-mo for the next 10 seconds as he and this creature made eye contact 
and they just looked at each other like they were both surprised to see each other in that in that particular spot. Yeah, which was probably the case. Yeah. The uh, what about so was, uh, with with the, those that you had, uh, you know, like you had the steamo flying from from LA to be part of the film. With with casting this, did you have a, a hard time casting uh, the show and finding actors? And what were their thoughts on the subject in general? I mean, were they kind of into it? Uh, was it funny to them? How did how did that all work out? <laughs> uh, actually, I was very fortunate because uh, I came into contact with a wonderful actor named uh, Joe Sharada. Uh, um, we met a couple of years back on a, another film uh, that we were doing for this other guy. And uh, he's usually the guy who I uh, say, hey, Joe, I got this crazy idea for a short film. Uh, do you know any actors in a location I can do this at? And he's like, well, sure, of course. I got, I'll, I'll get back to you. Um, I'd, uh, he was like the uh, first person I messaged about this, and uh, he uh, sort of helped me uh, get a hold of some of the people, like uh, the guys who shot it, um, uh, Caleb Harris and uh, Michael Gruich. Um, they helped me out with the, the camera work. Um, uh, then all the other actors, he would like, uh, there was actually a point, because uh, I had a di- completely different actress in mind for the, our female lead, originally and she had to drop out uh due to schooling and uh then he uh messaged me saying oh i got this other uh actress uh lined up she's a great phenomenal actress and i was sort of uh, and he said that the only drawback was she doesn't she's hasn't hasn't acted in any of her films before um so I was very skeptical, and so she, uh, her uh, sort of tryout was our a little uh, trailer we put together when we were crowdfunding. And she, from there, she uh, sort of knocked it out of the ballpark because she had this big monologue she had to pull off. And she just had it all memorized down where she can just say it like that. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, just took it very seriously. Um, no, but there was actually no uh, like snickering on set about the subject of Sasquatch. Everybody was very open to the possibility. They respected the idea, and uh, they they respected the story we were trying to tell. So. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten any negative feedback uh, on on trying to make a film of this uh, like this? I mean, I mean, what's the negative stuff you've gotten? I would imagine. Oh, of course. Every time you <laughs> want to do something creative, there's always going to be those naysayers. Like, I've gotten plenty. Uh, I, 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 I sometimes love the people who uh, are the naysayers because uh, the more they try to put you down, uh, the more uh, determined you become in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I remember uh, one guy uh, that, uh, who actually I'm very close friends with now. Um, he uh, messed, he uh, posted uh, when the film was just starting to circulate around, or the idea of the film. Uh, he had uh, commented to me, like, it's just going to be another stupid Squatch movie than another stupid Squatch. <laughs> uh, and then I remember there was another guy who was just... This is uh, one of the guys I'm still like, okay, you just really need to go do something else instead of waste your time. Uh, who uh, both commented on the page and on a couple of, uh, I think, our photos, and then private messaged the page saying, cheesy and unoriginal. Your response is uh, 
un, uh, is it required? I was like, okay. I wasn't planning to respond anyways, but <laughs> I guess we can consider this my late response to that. <laughs> wow. What you, you do, you know, the thing about these films and uh, this is your opinion. There are certain individuals out there, uh, you know, I've been attacked before just for my opinion or my idea or my hypothesis on what Sasquatch does or may not do or what it is. I've been uh, attacked, and, you know, I think it's hilarious, you know, and but I'm sure making a film, if someone sees uh, your depiction of what a Sasquatch may look like or, or how it's acting in the woods or whatever, some people get really offended, and they just, they want, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of comical. I mean, really. Yeah. The way I look at it is, uh, if they're going to say, oh, you're just thinking Sasquatch is wrong, or this is wrong, uh, I would just think, well, how do you know it's wrong? I'm not going to say uh, lie and say that it could be wrong, but uh, until we uh, document the species, until uh, there's further facts down, for all mm-hmm. we have now is anecdotal facts um, yeah. to go off of, and even if I did what you said, there would just be another guy out there saying, oh, I did it wrong. Right. There's Yeah, there's as many opinions as there are um, belly buttons. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the challenge, uh, like you said, it, you take that with a grain of salt and, and uh, just use it as motivation to, your, to do... Uh, complete your project. So what mm-hmm. um what's it gonna take to uh to get this done as a uh, full uh, as a feature film? I mean as, as a feature film? Like talking uh-huh. budget wise or Yeah, I mean um well I would still say I'm still sticking to the number of at least and lowballing at least. Maybe mm-hmm. Uh, in the ballpark of about five thousand to ten thousand, um, it could probably be pulled off uh, decently for five thousand. But uh, that's mostly if you're going off to the suit, because because uh, yeah, next time when I want to do uh, the feature film, I want to be able to pay the actors and the talent that uh, were uh, gracious enough to work with us uh, on this low budget and because uh, I don't know how, if there, how many uh, others uh, directors have the feeling but uh, I just hate when you can't pay uh, properly the people that are working and collaborating with you and it's just one of those sucky things but hopefully again the short film, or short film will lead to a feature film being made Somewhere down the line, right. And for speaking of your future here, you you know, can you elaborate a little bit more on on what you got in mind with this possible series? That sounds pretty interesting, and it sounds different uh, from what I've seen put out there in, in the past. I don't think you know some of the little tidbits you were sharing sound it sounds very interesting. Okay, sure. Uh, well, right now I haven't come to a title yet on the series, but. Uh, a, a short documentary. Uh, so far, I'm just working on the pilot episode, and if that gains any traction, it could become a YouTube series. 
uh, where the setup for each uh, show will be I just talk to a witness and I sort of recreate the uh, Bigfoot or the uh, whatever other cryptid because I want to do something that's more multi, uh, multifaceted uh, where I can do all sorts of different types of uh, cryptids and weird paranormal phenomenon. Yeah, it, what, it sounds interesting. Is, it, like a hypnotist sitting there uh, interviewing somebody or, or bringing them back into, uh, bring them back to that time when they had that encounter. That's, I mean, it's an interesting thought. Uh, just or just as an interviewer, uh, that's pretty interesting. Whether or not we'll get to a hypnotist, I don't know. But uh, so far, it's just basic interviewing, uh, talking to the person about their encounter and trying to visualize what they saw in your head and uh, sort of get that across in the the actual final product. So, Collier, what, um, as a uh, special effects artist, how did we able to draw on that in uh, creating um, this short film that we hope to see be a feature film in the near future. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I, I feel like it's just a very big part of the process for me because of course being a very, uh, special effects, uh, artist, um, I'm a very visual guy. So I was very particular about the way I wanted things to look at times. And, uh, even though sometimes it would end up, I would end up shooting my foot, uh, myself in the foot with it, because originally I wanted a more reddish orangey Sasquatch uh, that had a bit more. It was a bit more orangutan in color, mm-hmm. because uh, one orangutans are my personally my favorite of the great apes, and uh, just I've never seen something in a Sasquatch film done where they did a more reddish creature. And what ended up happening, like I said, we had some problems with the uh, suit, not uh, the colors not matching. So uh, it looked like a, a, a ginger, a ginger Sasquatch. <laughs> so now we're so trying I'm, to tidy that up and post. And that, yeah, so you actually go through and, and can recolor the suit in post production. Yeah. Or the or the creature, not the suit per se. Yeah. yeah, that's always interesting to me. What are your other um, uh, artist skills? That you you do a lot of uh, uh, clay modeling or or creating. Yeah. Um, so let's talk. About, I mean, what is your? Uh, how did you get into that? And and what is uh, your fascination with that? Uh, with uh, special effects, uh, it started. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, about uh, time Predators came out. Uh, I was a big predator. I'm a big Predator fan, so I wanted to make my own Predator mask, and I sort of started learning what it would take. And uh, so I sort of sculpted my first Predator mask, and then uh, shortly after that, I was like, "Hey, I, w- I can sculpt my own Bigfoot mask." Of course. Uh, so I did that, and it looked very crappy and horrible. Um, 
So uh, I started just, uh, I remember before long, I started doing my own little makeups. Like I remember making myself up as uh, Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolfman and doing uh, my own Frankenstein makeup and uh, trying to do some uh, little short skits with that, but that those never got out. Uh, I used to paint my own Jason, Jason hockey mask. And that just evolved into doing special effects makeup. Uh, and I actually got into contact with another filmmaker. And I did a couple of uh, shorts for him. Uh, they just never got off the ground, though, unfortunately. Um, you can find the trailer for one of them out, out online still, though. But it just never... Uh, there were some things that happened that the footage was lost. But then I met uh, Joe, like I said earlier... And uh, eventually I just decided to make my own my own films. So uh, it's just fun to sort of grow the process yourself uh, and uh, try to envision the world because uh, I, I just found that I, I personally like to, when I do a, start a project, I want to envision the in just the world in general that this story will uh, take place in. I hope that answers the question. Does it answer the question? I hope so. <laughs> then answered it. Okay, good. What about any of your work that you've created? Have you thought about selling that to possibly raise funds, or I mean, you interested in doing that? Oh yeah, I've actually I'm actually starting up a line soon uh, of uh, different stuff like. Uh, I've been just thinking of uh, ways to sort of be more uh, marketable, I guess. Because I've tried selling my stuff before, and it just didn't get any traction. So I had to sort of think more, uh, okay, how do I uh, – can I market this better? Like, uh, we actually are uh, printing out posters for Sasquatch, and uh, you can just private message me on prices for uh, the posters. Um, like, uh, I'm working on actually, uh, some, uh, little, uh, this was inspired by one of my special effects friends, actually, uh, he would do these, uh, magnets that were like little busts of some creatures that he had made. Oh, that would be very cool. I, I, I sort of want to do some of my own now. So I'm working on, uh, some, uh, mini busts and I'm working on, uh, some magnets, uh, some, a uh, series of dinosaur magnets, actually. Um, like I'm uh, going to see uh, how well it does because uh, uh, I'm working on a Velociraptor right now, Magnus. Um, I got a mini bus that I'm working on for a Bigfoot because why not do more Bigfoots? Why not? You can never, exactly. You can never get enough Bigfoot. <laughs> and i am uh, got a couple more uh, that uh, I'm still waiting on to talk to some of my film collaborators uh with uh and I, I know uh one thing that would probably be more pricey uh i'm wanting to do a series of half half scale busts i'm going to of course do a larger uh, half scale bigfoot bust i'm doing a uh, half scale bust of a character i designed for a short film that unfortunately i just couldn't get off the ground cuz i couldn't get the right actors for the part is uh, sort of my own uh concept and take on the character of the grim reaper 
and hopefully I can get some art shows off the ground and uh, get some pieces out there that explore my strange, macabre mind. <laughs> so, uh, if you had a, uh, an unlimited budget, what uh, you were talking about, you know, you having to compromise on on the Bigfoot suit and, and the Bigfoot character in, in your short film, what what would be ideal, your your ideal uh, uh, Bigfoot costume? Would you start from scratch? I mean, what? How would you? Oh, of course, I would go start about creating from scratch. Uh, <laughs> I would really uh, do something that is uh, more animatronic heavy, um, <clears throat> because and uh, it would have like animatronic eyes and a mouth and uh, facial articulation. And I would, uh, again, if I had an unlimited budget, I would be able to uh, hire a crew of talented artists. Like, uh, I would love to bring nothing more if I could bring some of the talented effects artists that I've been very fortunate enough to uh, be friends with. Um, Like, I I know I would bring uh, one of my friends, Natalie, back on. Uh, She sculpted the teeth for... uh, our Sasquatch mask, and I would probably have her come back on as the dental person and uh, sculpt some of the hands for the costume. Um, I would uh, get to probably some of uh, my former classmates in on it, too, because uh, uh, if we're just talking about the suit, uh, there, uh, uh, there are some very talented sculptors I know that I would love to get on board. Um, and uh, also foam uh, muscle fabricators because along with having to sculpt out of clay, you would have to build this muscle suit out of foam, uh, just uh, Mm -hmm. the poultry foam that you can get from the store that you use for, like, couches and stuff. And you have to build up the foam muscle body uh, and... uh, then uh, you have to go into the hair work, which uh, if I had an unlimited budget, I would love to hire a talented uh, woman in the effects industry uh, by the name of Denise Bear, I believe. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm getting the name wrong. I, I doubt she is listening, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, she uh, could be. She could be. She has an interest in this. <laughs> you never know. Uh <laughs> That's right. But she's done. Uh, she does works for all the uh, effect uh, houses. Uh, uh, she uh, did uh, work on Planet of the Apes, actually, uh, the uh, uh, Tim Burton one. Mm-hmm. She's done a lot of work for uh, Rick Baker and uh, people like George Shell. Usually, when they have a mask they want to do, they uh, call her up and she does the hair punching. I just uh, every time I look at a. Uh, her work uh, when it comes across my Facebook feed, I'm just like, oh my god, that's great hair work. Cause, uh, a lot of people take for granted uh, hair work in general when it comes to the creature thing, but that's just that is, I feel, uh, when it comes to stuff like this, it's one of the more important things. Cause I've done a, a hair punching myself, and it's just it's really hard. Uh, Cause you have to pay attention to uh, almost every little. Uh, 
follicled hair and which uh okay where which what would be the striation of this hair uh how can I get it to blend over the uh the form of the creature head or the creature suit then you get into the varying lengths of hair over the body yeah it's not just it's just not taking long you know single strands of of uh, one uniform length and putting it on, yeah. yeah. And that's always been kind of one of the downfalls of the of Bigfoot movies is uh, doing uh, a proper representation of of the creature. Yeah. One of my favorites uh, that I've said. seen in uh, recent movies is I like the body. I don't. I'm not a fan of the way the face looks in it as in something in the woods. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the body of their suit was really looked really good for the budget that they had and uh, all that. And uh, my one of my absolute favorites. I'm not very crazy on the plot and uh, the what the Bigfoot could do in the movie, but Letters from the Big Man is uh, up there as one of the all-time best Bigfoot suits I've seen in the film. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of similar to what I would want to do is, uh, if I was given enough time and money to bring people on to collaborate with for a Bigfoot suit. Well, cool. I, I've watched some of your, your videos of, of you doing uh, creating creatures out of clay, and uh, it's fun to watch because you uh, kind of get inside the, the mind of the artist, but uh, it's very detailed. Oh, you don't want to get inside my mind. It's so twisted. <laughs> yeah. No, I... I don't really want to get inside Shane's mind either. He's, you know. Um, <laughs> so, so Collier, is there anything you, else you would like to share with the Monster X audience? Sure. Uh, well, I, if you, some of the places you can find me is uh, on Facebook. Uh, I have my uh, personal account, and then there you can find uh, Sasquatch Boss of the Forest. Just type that in. And there's also a fan page uh, where you can join the group. And uh, I, I really enjoy it when people uh, share uh, anything in the Bigfoot community, uh, uh, any encounters or uh, um, uh, photos. I also have a YouTube uh, page uh, that I'm hoping to get more content out on uh, in the future. Like I, uh, I'm going to have that uh, series. Uh, I'm going to put the pilot out and see how people respond to it and whether or not it would be worth continuing. And I got another so YouTube, a couple other YouTube series. Uh, um, like there's one that I'm going to be doing very soon called Urban Legends Anonymous. It's just going to be sort of taking a critical look at some of the urban legends and stories out there. Like the first one we're doing is a uh, look at a local haunted cemetery called Ted Row. And then we got a series where I'm just going to be probably every other week uh, going to be talking with a indie effects artist like myself and uh, just sort of talk with them and uh, where what their story is and how they got into this business. Well, for Monster X listeners, you can go to our Facebook group and uh, we've posted uh, Collier's uh, link to... Uh, the Sasquatch Boss of the Force movie fan group 
And I also posted a, a link to a preview of, of Sasquatch Boss of the Forest trailer, the YouTube trailer. So um, you can check those out um, in the Monster X group. So um, closing out for this evening, we appreciate Call you, you joining us and uh, updating us on on uh, Sasquatch Boss of the Forest, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing it in a full feature film uh, in sometime in the hopefully in the near future. If you uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, but we'll but see. Hopefully, if, but yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> So, folks, if you like to follow uh, what Collier is doing, you can um, go and like uh, his Facebook page for Sasquatch Boss of the Forest on Facebook. You can find him on YouTube. You can also uh, – he has a personal page uh, where you can see some of his cool work with uh, clay and modeling. And uh, and uh, we appreciate you, you joining us. Again, we appreciate you joining us this evening. Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy coming on the show. That, and that is it for this this week of Monster X Radio. We will be back next weekend with another brand new episode. So for Shane Corson, this is Gunnar Monton. Uh, thanks again for, for uh, listening, Monster X Radio. Mm-hmm.